The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is John Sestina. Glad to be back, Stephen. Two of us, John. took a long hiatus there. Yeah, it's nice to see you. <laughs> Thank nice you. To see nice to see you. <laughs> A lot of things going on in current events. That's what we hold this first uh, segment or two about is current events and the current economy, which we will get into. And then later in the show, we're going to talk about college as a tribute to the graduating seniors of high school and college. Uh, see where that goes. Uh, John, um, I'll say the one word, turbulence. Oh, really? You yeah. think? Yeah. There must have been a little dust up or something somewhere. Yeah. There is a little turbulence. The market, of course, a thousand point drop, but yet the other day was uh, got everyone's attention. Yep. And then it's stabilized a little, but well, who knows what's going to happen because it's uh, there's some underlying challenges we have to deal with before the market and everything else can stabilize. Yeah, and that's the the concern is the word stagflation, mm -hmm. right? We're 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 approaching that. I think the the one saving grace that we have right now from the current economy is the job market is reporting decent numbers right it's reporting some good numbers and that's key because we need people employed um in other prior recessions we always had one tool to rudder the ship and that rudder was this interest rates right and we can't do that right now no the fed's not acting uh, quick they have to they have to take it by the throat and really raise the interest rates. They have to do what they did back in the 70s. I know you don't know when that was, Stephen. That was a dark ages. I was alive, <laughs> but, but not knowledgeable, that's for sure. <laughs> I had other things to And speaking of stagflation, what the heck is stagflation? You're everybody's talking about, what is that? Well, we've got high inflation, check. We have uh, GDP issues, negative GDP, check. But the one thing that's in our uh, favor right now is employment. And if employment goes down, then we have stagflation. Well, and employment's in a screwy place, too, because there are, what, 11 million jobs available, but people aren't taking them. And employers, everywhere you go these days, are complaining about understaffing. Mm -hmm. And if they have staff for a time, then they disappear. So it's kind of tough. on. So the employment is still not stable. Yeah. And, and with the... Uh, uh, employment, right? I think that that's the one thing we're seeing is the consumer has money, but where's that money going, right? Discretionary money or even just to pay the bills, right? And, and I don't think that discretionary money is drying up. Well, I'm, I, I, would, I, would, so. I would disagree with you. I think it is drying up. It's beginning to really hurt the people and they're running uh, uh, out of that sweet spot where they had that little abundance. Because, you know, people have a habit. When they get a pile of money, guess what? They get rid of it as faster than it came in. I mean, this time of the year when people are getting tax refunds, I was just thinking about that. What do people do with their tax refund? Number one, they think they're going to get it every year. Yeah. Number two, they've loaned the government the money at zero interest. 
And number three, they go out and use it to buy, oh, I don't know, a new car. Or vacation. Uh, go for a vacation or something that they'll never get their money back. But then they turn it into debt. They buy a new car or t finance a new TV or whatever the case may be. So Americans are interesting people. Yeah, and, and you know, that's where, you know, with when it comes to the inflation, and, and I do, and again, I think that the consumers are going to start to feel it, is just probably just look at the average credit card bill. Right, and that's something that's one baseline that I, when you say track your expenses, your inflationary number lies within your spending and track it. And, and I've noticed it. I've noticed it from just not worrying about, okay, here's my monthly amount. And then at the end of the month, you look at your in, invoice from credit card A, B, or C, whatever it is, you're, it's shocking. You're like, wow, that's a lot higher than it used to be. That's right. And that's what it's going to catch up to people. And hopefully you have the means to pay it off, but it's altering now my spending habits because I don't dine out as much. I don't do a lot of things I said I would normally just do just on a random Thursday mm. or Friday. So I'm changing my spending behavior because of that. Well, and I think I have bad news for you. What's that? Credit card balances are going up. Yeah. So that's uh, also a sad sign. Yes. So what we have to do is be like we did when we were younger and whenever what our parents told us and our grandparents told us, we have to, you know, grow up, man up, whatever the case may be, and we have to cut back where we don't have the money and we have to uh, try to save even though we have very little. And the challenge with uh, where your job is, you're losing right now, it's probably 10% to inflation. And so that is a struggle. I mean, it's it's hard for people to appreciate it until the gas pump is a good monitor. And, of course, the grocery store, if you go, I know you go there all the time, Stephen. Yes, I'll so, be there this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'll be seeing a lot of stuff at the grocery store. Prices go way up, and that puts a lot of pressure on families. Mm -hmm. I remember as a young man when my dad was a coal miner, and when we'd go through periods like this, any inflation, man, we were— we had to grow our own vegetables sure. and whatever else to keep it going. Right. And I hate to say this, but you go back, uh, let's say, maybe 70, 100 years, that's why society was a lot thinner. Yep. We have become a very fat society due to the abundance of luxury. Yes. Right? And, and food is a perfect example. We have a lot of, uh, we're blessed with a lot of those choices we never had. Uh, I remember my grandfather would tell the story when he was in Europe after the war, as a kid, and it was after World War One, he was so hungry, he was, wanted to dig up the potatoes. Right. And he saw one potato that was like the size of a, smaller than a golf ball. And he was so hungry, he really, really wanted it. But he had to decide, do I let it grow to size, maybe the size of a softball, or eat it now and get that instant reward? Right. But he's talking about one potato. I know. Right? And that, I have potatoes probably rotting on the shelf right now. Right. So we are very fortunate from a society uh from having those luxuries. Um, so we'll see where this goes, but for the consumer, just watch your spending. As you said, credit cards are, are, are dangerous. Yeah, this is not the time to go out of control. So now you need to manage yourself. They need to manage to be wealthy, Stephen. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so, so okay, here we are, managing to be wealthy. And, and in these times, when you saw it, uh, this is not your first rodeo for these uh, economic <laughs> events, right? So right. what was it like in the late 70s, early 80s? It was pretty tough, actually, because uh, the, the, the people are not yet into this inflation thing. It's starting to hit pretty hard, and you're seeing it at the gas and some of the grocery stores. <clears throat> but overall, it's not hitting. I mean, we have a full 10% reduction in the amount of money you have to spend. 
So just think of that. When you get your paycheck, it's worth 10% less than it was one year ago. And so as that comes in and people start to buy shoes again or whatever they needed and they don't have the money, they're going to start to finance it. And that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so then we have a little over a minute left here, but even going to the stock market, John, how do people manage uh, their portfolio when it comes to cash flow? Right. So if you, if you're retired, you got to, there's a lot of pressure right now on retirees. Oh, uh, what are you talking about? Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> so how does a retiree deal with this? <clears throat> well, they have to, uh, my philosophy has always been that when, even when you're retired, you continue to invest. So I just did that. Even though the market was down, I continued my investment philosophy and I'm watching what I have so that I don't run out of it too quickly. Okay. But it, but to your point is buckle down. Yep. Know your spending. Track your spending. See where your money is going. All all critical pieces to a successful uh, pre-retirement, post-retirement. Once at any point again, in time. it's managing to be wealthy. <laughs> right, and it's fluid. It's very fluid. It's fluid. It's not. It's not set in stone. Uh, so yeah, when we come come back from uh, come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the interest rate environment. We're going to talk a little bit about something called home ownership, cost of ownership, and based on today's current events of where we sit today. And then we'll, we'll see if we can dig into the stock market a little bit more as well. Uh, you're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is John Sestina. John, first segment, we talked a lot about inflation. I do want to go to the stock market because there's a little turbulence this past week with the market, uh, past months, I should say, uh, and people are starting to feel a little uneasy. So it is the right time to liquidate the cash, correct? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I was being sarcastic. I know you were. Thank goodness I was buckled in here. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, the, but the truth is, as you know, why the joke works is because some people do that. Yeah. The minute that starts to turn one way or the other, people are like lemmings. When the market goes down, they sell. And when the market goes up, they buy, which is just the reverse Polar of the opposite. old adage, which is buy low, sell high. Yeah. In fact, uh, Last week, I put in a, my weekly or monthly uh, contribution, even though I'm 80 years old and still trying to kick here, Stephen. So you need to be investing no matter what. The better the best, the best uh, tool against all of this is something called, maybe you've heard of this, dollar cost averaging. Yep. And so no matter what the market is doing, if you are on an inve investment pr program, like your 401k is perfect, Doing your IRA is another perfect one. And whatever other programs you have, that will get you through some of this. And you'll be buying now when it's really low and buying when it's really, really high. But it'll work itself it'll out. It'll average itself out. Mm -hmm. And, and that we talked about last week's show we dedicated to, the, <clears throat> to exactly that, the stock market and investing. And not necessarily the investment markets because it does include the bond market as well. And I said that. The 401k <clears throat> is your best tool or methodology on how to invest or 403b because it's systematic it's methodical it's blind you're just averaging in you're you're just making your your monthly or bi-weekly or whatever bi-monthly contribution 
blindly, which is great. That's the correct approach. That is. Maybe they'll come to the realization that all investment, all good investment is unemotional. I mean, it's a, the per, person who is most successful is that person who is not emotional. You ever watch a professional gambler? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know you go to Vegas a lot, yes. Stephen. And yeah. so you watch the professionals, and they're not sweating the cards. They're cool. They're not throwing them down on the ground, on the table when they don't have the hand that they thought they were going to. So that's the difference. The pros are cool, straightforward, regular, constant, all those good words. And that's what you need to be. Yeah. So let's role play here. If I if I come to you and say, "But John, the market's going to go down." Yes. Shouldn't I sell then? Definitely not. You should be uh, have a plan. That's why we do planning. Uh, it's managing to be wealthy once again, and so we do that because so you don't react. Because <clears throat> people who react always lose. Yeah. Same way in a fight. If you you're reactionary, then you're going to lose. So you have to have a deliberate plan and an approach and a strategy, same thing is true here. In fact, when we start talking about education and paying for it, there has to be also a plan for withdrawal of the funds to pay for the education. It's not just all about saving for education, it's also paying for education. How do you do that? How do you distribute that money? So that's all a big part of it. It's, that's why, Stephen, it's so much fun because the people we help, we can help indefinitely. Because mm -hmm. everything in their life is changing. The circumstances around us are changing. The economy changes. Tax law changes everything. So it keeps it very interesting for them and for us. Yeah. And then even another another question or a role play is somebody who's close to retirement. And they say, am I going to be able to retire? Are you picking on me tonight, Stephen? <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, come on. I'm only 80 for crying out loud. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> that's a real question. This is a little late to be asking that question, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to retire, you should have known that five, six years ago, at least, maybe 10 years ago, because you would have had a plan towards that goal of retirement, and you would know with some certainty that, yes, you could do that. Even if the market is way down, you'll be able to skid through that. Yeah. And I actually enjoy – I. I remind the people I work with, this is actually a good moment in time to look at those projections Right. when the market is down, when there's pressure yes. on the portfolio, there's a lot of pressure <clears> in the economy. Look at it at that moment. I hate looking at it when everything's rosy Oh yeah. because it, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's pumped <clears> up and it's, it's a uh, unicorn and rainbows everywhere. And it's not like that. And you know, the first inflationary moment was the stock market. Yep. The stock market was the first to inflate and now everything else is following suit. The tail, end of it is the spending side, the cost of goods and so forth. So again, I think it's, it's a good moment to, to just reflect, control the spending. Um, I, you know, John, one of the things that I, I am a little concerned about is the cost that people, when they say I'm going to retire, they say, Oh, I only, I only need X number of dollars to live on. <laughs> and they forget a lot of the things society has brainwashed us when it comes to cost of ownership of a house, remodeling a house or a new car. We need a new car every few years versus driving the one you have all the way into the ground. Right. A lot of people do that, which I credit them for it. But I like my cars newer. I'm, I'm no different than those people. But I don't, I don't keep them longer than 13 years. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so uh, be aware of cost of ownership and the house is the biggest one. Definitely is. And, you know, when we're talking pre-COVID, you look at these projects – 
they're 100% higher, more expensive than they were three years ago. Yeah, it's very interesting. And we need a new dishwasher. Mm -hmm. And so poor Bobby goes out trying to find what she likes. And number one, most of the stores have nothing that uh, she could buy. And then she found one, and there were like seven in the store. And so when she came back the next day with the measurements, there were only six. I mean, that, <laughs> right, we're supposed right. to be at bad times, right? Right, yeah. So getting it is different. Then you say, well, what about delivery? Delivery? Oh, well, let's see. We can do that in about you know, seven months <laughs> or so. And uh, how about installation? Well, we'll ha well, you'll have to use somebody else to do that. It's really amazing today what you have to go through. Yeah, the, the whole the whole it's amazing how the uh, the whole pandemic just disjointed the whole supply chain. Everything across the board is fascinating. How it, it just really threw a monkey wrench into the whole process and system. Uh, the other thing, when it cost of cost of ownership of the house, so we talked about improvements and and items, insurance. Right. That's the other thing is when the house value goes up, everything's going up in value. Guess what else goes up in value Your or insurance. cost? Your insurance yeah, goes up. Sure. Taxes is another thing. I think the government loves this. These inflated prices. Oh, thanks. I just paid my property Pay, tax yeah, today. Tis the season, right? <laughs> tis the season to pay your property taxes. Um, so taxes go up and utilities now, they're warning that utility prices could skyrocket uh, for those who pay HOA fees. Right. right? HOA <laughs> fees are going to have to go up. And if you don't, these things don't increase, I'd be more concerned. Mm -hmm. Right, specifically to the HOA fees because you're you're putting money aside for future expenses. So so again, be cognizant of the cost of ownership of your assets. I say that whether it and I use a dog as an example. It you cost to own a dog, right? And whether what size of dog also matters. My sister had a dog, 150 pounds. Our dog was five pounds. Big difference on cost of ownership. Right. So <laughs> so that those are good examples. Uh, we have about a minute left. Uh, interest rates, John. I'm going to bring up another thing. Arms. I'm not talking about the appendages. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, you're not talking about arms. <laughs> no, right. Adjustable rate mortgages are becoming very popular. See these? Yeah, look at those monsters. The bruise. Yeah, bruise. So adjustable rate mortgages are becoming popular now because people think, hey, if I get a three-year arm adjustable rate mortgage, interest rates will be lower in three years. Good luck with that one. Yeah. I mean, the interest rates only look one way right now, and it looks like they're going up. And so if you can get a fix, so those folks who bought during the 2% and 3% mortgage rates, they're really excited and should be. And keep it. And keep it and hold on hold on to that because you lucked out. But right now, what is it, 5? Yeah, it's over 5%, yeah. 5 and a quarter about. So that's a challenge for those people trying to buy a new place or it slows them down or makes them think again. But by the same token, 5 is a pretty good rate. Yeah, and so if you're going to buy something, don't don't uh, fiddle over this Quarter difference. Of a point. Yeah, yeah, it's doesn't make any difference over 30 years. All right, great. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to start talking about college and a tribute to the current graduates. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WDVN. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm certified financial planner, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is John Sestina. We're talking about finance, managing to be wealthy. If you'd like to learn more about managing to be wealthy, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. And uh, John, you started the company 60 plus years ago? Oh, wow. It's been a right? while. 1965. 65. Huh? There you go. 
What would, fifty-seven was years. Was there a country then, or yeah. was Ben <laughs> Ben Franklin around? Or, right. Well, it was a long time ago. <laughs> How much has managing to be wealthy changed over that time? Those oh decades? my goodness, so very very much. Remember when I I didn't even have an electronic calculator. Okay. So the first calculator I had that I was so excited about was I can't remember the name of it, but it was metal. Okay. And it was uh, had a crank on one side oh. of it. <laughs> It had buttons, like it had 21s across and 22s and 23s. And so you'd punch in these numbers, one, you want a one and a four and a one. And yeah. then you'd throw the, the crank. Pull the lever, yeah. And you hope it worked. Like a slot machine. It was like a slot machine. <laughs> so you kind of got the same kind of answers. You never knew what it was going to be. Yeah. So that was the beginning. And the, my first electronic was a Hewlett, Hewlett Packard, Packard H. Yeah. What are they called? 12C. 12C. They're still the standard. That yeah. is the That just, I was in heaven when I got that thing. That saved me hours. Yeah. So it's changed a little, but mainly it's changed in people paying attention to it. Because some, when I came to Columbus in 1970, there was uh, a Yellow Pages, and I kept calling them and saying, I want to put in a category as a financial planner. And they said, we already have that. I said, I don't see it. Yeah, it's there. See, financier. No. Uh, financing, no. Mortgages, no. Financial planners. So there was none. I couldn't get it done. Now there's about 45 million yeah. financial planners in the phone book if you look for it. You don't have to look very far. No, no. And it's become, it, the word has become very uh, common. And we hope, and this is our, our um, desire, is to create that standard which you set is to make sure it is comprehensive. Yeah, to make sure it's financial planning. I mean, yeah. Most people who call themselves financial planners are using uh, financial planning as the means to the end, and the end being some product that they hope you will buy, whether it's a mutual fund or a stock or insurance or whatever the case may be. So watch out for that. Watch out for how you're charged. If you're getting somebody who charges you based on the size of your portfolio, you know, 1% here, 1%. I love that. I saw one ad on the television and it said, yeah, we only get paid when our clients get paid. Uh, we we get I got to think oh yeah right so that's a that's a really bad deal because they're always going to direct you towards putting it in the investment pot instead of your paying off your mortgage or, or whatever cash reserve, the, or, cash yeah, reserve. Yep. so many things in financial planning yep it's a big big process comprehensive key so well it is graduation season so we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about graduates I don't know if I graduated Steve. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So about 30 times. Yeah. So, so we, we can go a, lo a lot of different ways with this. We're going to talk about the problem we have in society with the student loan debt. We'll get into that in a little bit. But even, even for college itself, um, you know, here we are, graduation season. Graduates already picked their college. So what, what really I want to go back to is it starts well before that. Yes, right? indeed. And it starts at the dinner table, hopefully, where it's a family conversation. And it should start years and years before the graduate graduates high school or ch decides which college to go through. So what, what, what would you say is the most important part of this process? Uh, discussing it with the family. I was uh, watching my famous music thing. It was called Country Music. And in there came up the song from uh, Roberta Lynn, I think it is. And she sang uh, Daughter of a Coal Miner, okay. Coal Miner's Daughter. Yeah. And uh, it reminded me of home because that's sure. how I grew up. And there they were running around and they had no money. And so they have to plan, talk about it as a family. What are we going to do? Where are you going to go? Are you going to go to school? 
And believe it or not, that that's a big discussion when you're at that level. Mm-hmm. Now, nowadays, it's kind of commonplace. Everybody say, well, you know, you're going to go to college. My question is why? You realize the wealthiest men in the world didn't go to college? Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett, for example, Steve Jobs, and so on down the line. There's plenty of them. And uh, so college is not the answer. But you have to talk about it from the beginning. And if parents, be honest with your kids. Set the standards. We're not going to be able to pay for all of this. You're going to have to get a job and pay for half of it or all of it or whatever. And uh, we'll supplement you or we'll loan it to you, whatever the case is. But don't just sit there and wait till the freshman year to say, oh, by the way, we can't help you. Right. Because <laughs> that's just devastating. Especially if there's multiple children. Yes. Most parents want to treat every child the same. And if the first one gets the full blank check wherever they want to go, <clears throat> you're, you're going to be stuck. That's, right, and that's I'm, true. I'm not going to judge parental guidance, but most people want to keep keep it the same. Yep. Right, if you have three kids, you want all three of them to have the same opportunities or or choices. So set the standard early, and have the youngest ones also be a part of that conversation, right. so they and, hear it early. And as a parent, set set your limit. You have limits. You do have limits. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have to evaluate that with everything we do: the car we buy, the house we buy, etc. Same thing true with college. How much can you afford? And then you work from there. Yeah. And that's, and we always talk about, and we're going to talk about in the last segment is the student loan process and the debts we're dealing with is you can borrow for college. You can't borrow for retirement. That's right. No one's going to loan you money for retirement, Stephen. Right. So, so be cautious of that, making sure that the decision's done correctly. Uh, The big, the big thing, and even uh, I recall you know, when I went to college, it was 30 years ago, gosh, uh, (laughs) right. Location, location, location. Right. It was more of a destination process, which right. those days are gone, should be gone because it's just far, far too costly. Right. Right. So factor in where is the college located? Is it within driving distance or do you have to hop on a plane? Because then you have a deal with airfare holiday season. Think about airfare right now. Right. And then there's parents weekends. So location's a big factor. And as you mentioned, is why yep. is there a major or is there a school or a program there that's going to help suit your uh, goals in life and where you want, what you want to do. Yep. And I think that's, that's the biggest challenge is I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but I, I didn't. Right. I, I, I use it as a gateway to find my passion, which I f- thankfully have found, but the major I studied ended up not being my career. And right. I think that's for a lot of people. Well, same with me. When I went to college, I walked in, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I, they made me go to the counselor's office. I didn't know what that was. And they said, what do you want to be? I said, I don't know. Uh, what do you need the most of? And that's exactly what I asked him. He, he laughed and he said, well, we need teachers. I said, okay, I'll be that. Smart though. And I said, uh, among the teachers, what do you need the most of? He said, male English teachers. I said, okay, I'll do that. Smart. And that's where I started as a male English teacher. Wow. So that's why I butcher the language every chance I get. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so that, but that's an important thing. And, and, People just need to recognize that college experience has changed dramatically in the yeah. last 50, 60, 70 years, even the last 20 years. It's changed so much that, yes, the, the game has changed. You can't just say, oh, I want to go to the school in California or Alaska, whatever it might be. You just can't. You can't do that anymore. Very few people can afford to do that. So it is a it is a family decision. Uh, it starts at the dinner table at a young age, probably even you know high school, early high school years. How is this going to be paid for and have go into it knowing 
here here are the boundaries. Right. So that that's very important. And, and let them know there will be no fifth year seniors. Yeah. Get it done in four years. <laughs> yep. That's exactly it. So uh, those are it's all part of the 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 process. And for the last segment on today's show, we're going to talk about the dreaded student loans, uh-huh. uh, how it's crippling society and crippling America, and it's it's pro- we have a problem. And we'll see how we can, I know John will have an answer for us all, <laughs> uh, but we'll dig into that. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's last, uh, last segment, we're going to talk about the student loan debt crisis. So, John... They, people shouldn't have to worry about student loans because it's all be forgiven, right? Oh, please. Now you're going to get me <laughs> started here, buttons. Stephen. One point seven. It's your fault now. You got me going. Yeah. Uh, no, but you know, I was reading another article today that talked about uh, some guy named Watson, I think it was, and he was proposing, he had a proposal for paying loans. Okay. But he also had uh, a, an approach that would compensate those who had already paid their loans and were yet to pay the loans. He had okay. credits and whatever else. Still, I don't like it, but nonetheless, it was out there different. But you know, college. Let's let's talk about why are you going to college? And you know, most people really can't a- answer that. Now, Bobby, she knew she wanted to be a nurse, mm-hmm. and so she was directed, and she ended up being a nurse. And then I finally saved her from that, and well, you know, we were married. But uh, most people don't know; they're just going to school. Checklist. Yeah. Next thing on the list. That's fun. Yeah. I'm going to have, fun. and they're going to go have fun. That's what they're there for. Party time, party time. So why are you going? And then when you, whatever you're choosing to go, how much money are you going to make when you get there? I know that's a little crass, mm-hmm. but when you get out, you're going to need money to live on. And then how much of that money is going to be available to pay loans or whatever you did to go there? And then what about working while you're in college? I don't know about you, Stephen, but I had to work. Mm-hmm. When I had to stay out a year, work a full-time job and get some money. And then once I went to school, I worked uh, full-time jobs again. Yeah. Working 40 hours and carrying 21 credit hours. So uh, believe it or not, I was thin then, Stephen. (laughs) (laughs) You could get around, John. I would tell you what. (laughs) So, no, and thankfully I was able, my summer job was able to give me the means to help pay, to pay for a portion of the tuition. You can't do that anymore. Right, I was able to pay for a large percentage of the annual tuition just through my summer job, which those days are gone based on current college costs. So some statistics for you, John. The current U.S. loan student loan debt is $1.75 trillion. Right. Right. So in the average, student loan debt amount is $37,000. So I hear a lot of people, and there are a lot of challenges. <laughs> I get it. But part of it is if, if I had that kind of debt, and I know someone who did this when we were in college, after college, he had a professional sales job for a technology company in Washington, D.C., and he bartended at night. He bartended on weekends, and he got it all paid off. Yes. He dug down and did it, and it was 20 some thousand dollars This is back in the 1990s. So he was able to do that. And I, I just, I, again, I don't want to point fingers, and I don't want to say you should do this or should that. 
what is wrong? Why can't we do that? Why can't a portion of the society say, that's what I have to do to get it, make it happen? Well, the mentality is different. I had debt when I graduated, mm -hmm. and uh, I forget exactly how much it was, but I repaid it all. Mm -hmm. it took me 10 years, yep. but I paid it. Uh, I didn't expect anyone to forgive it or somebody else to help me out with it. And that goes all the way back to what Jefferson was talking about, and that is we are supposed to be individually accountable for us, for who we are yeah. and what we do. And that's what the country was founded on, individual accountability. We've yeah. lost that. And I and that's what it, what bothers me is the, the the rhetoric we hear about, oh, it'll be forgiven. Oh, that's a dis disincentivizing people to have the the – the drive to pay it off because, hey, why should I do it if I know it's going to be forgiven? And mm -hmm. I, I understand that part of it, but that's why I don't like hearing about it is because it's, it's you're disincentivizing people to have that motivation to, to right. pay it down. To well, the foundation of the country has always been about working hard. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when uh, the Europeans or whomever would run across the Americans, they were shocked about how hard we worked. You know, and they, they take uh, months off for, in the summer for vacation and we're working straight through, and maybe we take two weeks, for example. Yeah. So we work very, very hard. But nowadays, that doesn't seem to be the attitude. Today, the attitude is, well, let's see, I don't want to come in five days a week. I'll come in two days a week. Yep. Isn't that what they did at Apple, those, those people? Yeah. And so, you know, the, this country was built on hard work, individualism, self-accountability, and struggle. You don't grow if you don't struggle. Yeah. So what is Nietzsche doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger? I don't know right? who said it. Yeah, I think that's that's who it was. But and and that's and again, that's that's where we're at. And I just don't like again, I don't like the rhetoric of of saying we're gonna forgive student loan debt. Um I I I'm upset that why are the colleges and universities getting a free pass in all of this? Well, that's the real problem is the universities are just where's all that money going? I mean, the rate of cost has gone up astronomically over the past several years. Talk about inflation. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, where has it gone? Well, go to the college campus and you'll see it. Buildings. They're, some of the professors are getting outrageous salaries nowadays. Right. And, and they so, don't even teach classes? They don't. Yep. Maybe, maybe I'll go back to teaching there at the university. Go, Jeez, I blew it again. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, they're getting this money is just who knows where it's going. And the government, of course, is making most of the loans. And so that's a, the dangerous combination. When you have the government involved making the loans, then that opened the doors for the uh, colleges to charge whatever they wanted to charge and raise the fees just as they wished. Yeah. And, and that's the other side of it, too, is the, the, the interest rates on these loans is since it's an unsecured loan, meaning there's no asset tied <clears throat> to it, right. you get charged a higher interest rate. Yep. Fix that. Change that rule, and and it could have been tied in with the, that ship has sailed because rates are rising. But we had a full decade of very low interest rate environment, and people were stuck with six, seven percent loans on their student loan when the the prime rate was less than two percent. Right. That that that's another problem. That again, I think the government, our friends in government, were asleep at the wheel, and yes, they sir. just they just <laughs> cried that we're going to just forgive the student debt where they had other ways to maybe help. The, the, the loans or the borrowers of these loans to help pay it down. Um, and that's why the process of selecting a college is so important. It is. Is, is you could really be burdened with a ton of debt. Um, and be, it is a business decision. It's a business decision for the student, for the family. 
they have to pick why choose wisely. Um, as far as paying back the loans, John, aside from the, the extra payments, uh, the other problem I see is now people feel that, oh, I have student loans, but I also need to have a mortgage. Oh, I know on a house, yes. Right. And and cash flow management is so critical as something we talk about all the time. Yeah, debt debt is bad, period. Okay. You gotta get your feet on the ground and be stabilized. And that means be debt free as fast as you can. And so as your friend did, pay this daggone loan off just as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And it may take that extra effort. It may take it may it, lose it, a lot of sleep. You it may, may take ten years. Yeah. 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 And and you talk how many how many single moms were out there that were at the diners and and waitressing and but just to keep the family afloat right you've you've it's there is a lot of hard work involved and that should be that should be the encouragement. Um, well, one of the things of we've lost in the ingredients of our country has been uh, delayed gratification, mm -hmm. and you know everybody wants everything right now. When's the new iPhone coming out? I want my new iPhone. I want to pre-order it or whatever the case is. So that has been a real challenge. You have to teach your children delayed gratification or else they're always going to be behind the eight ball. Yep. Yep. All right. Good. So we're, we're wrapping up today's show. We still got about 30 seconds for the college graduates that are out there getting their first, hopefully they have their first jobs lined up. Uh, I will say, make sure you contribute to your 401k. Amen. Right. Something not don't say, don't delay it. Just start that saving mindset to just chip in, start saving for that retirement. Your early years, your more important years. Yep. Uh, and we show that about the waiting to save. So make sure you save up, educate yourself on your workplace benefits, stock options, listen to this radio show. We'll talk about it all the time, right? So that's part of we it. We sure do. Ed, right? Educate yourself. So congratulations to all the graduates out there. Uh, thank you for tuning in and tune in again next week. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.